Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, wonderful actor. He's uh, just got a, 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 a lifetime of experience here, and he's put together a career that's uh, that 99.9% of the people would love to have. Danny Woodburn is our very special guest. You know him from the Tracy Ullman work, what he did with Tracy Ullman and, and everyone. Everyone, I don't care who you are, is going to remember him from Seinfeld, the wonderful work he did in the role of Mickey Abbott. Danny Woodburn, how are you? I'm good, Frank. I'm just going to correct you once to say it was 999 <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, listen, it's it, it's a tough gig. I mean, if you can if you could work for as long as you've worked, uh, you've done something right. Uh, when did, when did it all start for you? Um, I studied. Well, unlike um, some people, I studied at Temple University. I got my degree in well, film and theater, but they just call it communications because they don't want you to feel like you could be successful in film and theater. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I, I did a, a bunch of plays while I was in college. Some of those plays uh, did tour. And uh, then I went to New York and did a couple of plays there. So I really wanted to cut my teeth on the stage. And um, and then from there, I guess like after college, I came out to L.A. probably, I think, uh, December 1st, 89. That's when I landed. And... Uh, I, I basically, back then, you pounded the pavement. You know, there was no emails, no submissions like that. Um, so I pounded the pavement and literally knocked on doors to get an agent. Do you, uh, not to cut you off, but do you do you remember the first person you met that was making a living as an actor? Um, well, you know, when you get to Los Angeles and you're in Hollywood, you, your first thing you do is you look around and see... You know, who who can I see that's famous? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Sort of like you start to look at the car next to you and, uh, you know, um, I think the, one of the first people I saw in a car driving next to me was Doug McClure. You know? So they you, you don't you don't have these things happen to you in your hometown. I grew up in Philadelphia area, so that stuff, you know, that stuff doesn't happen unless that, unless that talent is local. Yeah. I think the most famous person I had seen before that was... Uh, Chuck Barrett from the Gong Show because he was from Philly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, no. listen, it's a good point, but there's a difference between seeing somebody drive by in a car and then somebody taking you under their wing or somebody uh, that you know that you actually have yeah. a relationship with that kind of mentors you, or or at least you could see, hey, this this guy or this gal is doing exactly what I want to be doing. Uh, who was the first person like that that you could think of? You mean like growing up, or that I met? No, that you met once you got to LA. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I had a mentor. <laughs> you know, I don't know that I had anybody take me under their wing. 
Um, you know, I, I would run into a lot of the same little people uh, at auditions that, you know, maybe they had been out here for years, you know, they had done, uh, you know, they maybe they played an Ewok or they had done some costume work. I mean, that was sort of the, the go-to for little people working actors in this town. And so I knew a couple of the old school guys that had been here doing that kind of work for a long time. Um, and, you know, I probably asked them questions, but nothing of great poignance, I think, that was life-changing. I did have the opportunity to meet Billy Barty, who uh, we actually did a commercial together, and then uh, he came to a comedy show of mine. And, um, you know, it's funny, it's late in his life, and he came to the improv to watch a show, and I, I said something to honor his presence from the stage, you know, to acknowledge that he was in the, in the room, which he appreciated. And then we chatted afterwards, and he enjoyed what I had done, and and he, he gave me some nice words of encouragement, and he said, you know, this is the kind of kind of work I think little people should be doing. And he said, I wish I had, you know, done it in my day. And you know, here he was; he had he had paved the way for a lot of a lot of acceptance in turn, in you know, in his own way during his career, being like one of the only recognizable little people on screen at the time, besides, uh, say, Michael Dunn or. Uh, who came a little bit later, and then uh, David Rappaport, who came even later than that, every village. Those are the only guys, actually, that were ever on screen. Um, and, you know, maybe Felix. Felix, Felix Silla. Silla. Yeah, I've had him on the show a couple times, Felix. And, yeah. Yeah, he's, he, I'm telling you, he's a walking, talking uh, uh, history book on the... On yeah, the no doubt. So I've, I've, I've met um, all these guys except for David and... and uh, Michael Felix I've met, and of course, uh, you know, Billy, everybody was, he had passed in the early 90s, so, um, you know, talking to them about sort of the old school days was interesting, but, but you know, Billy, Billy worked right up until the end, I mean, he was, he had called me, he wanted to do a comedy show in uh, Japan, he said, look, you'll come out, you'll do your thing, I'll come out, I'll do my thing, and he goes, we'll be there for a couple of weeks, I'll get you 20000 you know, he was like wheeling and dealing, you know, and I was like, in a way, I was like, I had never done that. I'd never gone on the road like that with anybody. I was a little intimidated, um, and uh, I bowed out only because I got a series regular at the time, uh, just before he, he passed. And uh, But he was, you know, just six, seven months before he was, um, before he passed away, he was, he was ready to tour Japan again, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's a legendary guy, uh, yeah. Billy Barty. You mentioned Billy Barty to anyone, and you just, it's immediate respect for uh, for him. Um, and just, yeah, I, I wish I would have gotten to uh, to know him. Everybody I've ever spoken to that got to, got to meet him, uh, you know, he's just one of those people who uh, just, uh, no matter who you ask, there's respect, you know, right. respect from. Let me remind folks if they're just tuning in late, or turning on their radios a little late. Danny Woodburn is our very special guest, wonderful actor. You know his work, uh, and I hate to keep going back to Seinfeld, but it's it's you know, arguably the best show of all time, and uh, and and it produced so many likable characters and non-likable characters. You know, you think of Wayne Knight's character on there, but uh, right. but Mickey Mickey Abbott was uh, it was just a, a terrific. Uh, a a, a terrific character that Danny created and and developed, and uh, it was uh, it just it just wonderful. And he worked off of Michael Richards so well. Frank McKay here again with Danny Woodburn, 
And I, go back, if, if you don't mind, go back to the beginning. I, your, your folks, were they supportive of this? I mean, sometimes you get in, in a situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they knew I pursued this. You know, I, I think for the longest time I was going to get into medicine. Um, and uh, I was accepted to pre-med at Penn State back in the late 80s. Um, but I had a lot of time to think about where I wanted my life to go. And, I, you know, considering the upbringing I had as far as like memorizing comedy albums and doing all these jokes for my friends and doing impressions and, and you know, trying to always get the laugh whenever I was with a group. Uh, I don't think medicine was really the path I was meant to go down. So once I made that decision, I wanted to go to film school and be on stage and do all of that. They were, you know, they were pretty accepting. You know, my, my stepfather was uh, the kind of guy who was like a, you know, like a tough coach, you know? Yeah. So he would, he would tell you you're not going to make it to push you to push you to do it harder. You know what I mean? But you felt like you felt like he was on your side, even though he was saying that. Yeah. I, I, cause I called him on it and he said, you know, it's like he, he, I said, uh, you know, I would think he would want me to, to make it. And he, he was like, well, well, I do. He said, but I'm, I'm doing it the other way around. <laughs> or I'm pushing you. Yeah, that, yeah. So he he revealed it, I think, because he felt bad. You know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't the most expressive guy, but but uh, he he made his point, and I understood him. What did they do? What did your folks do? Were there any entertainers in the batch? <clears throat> no, my um, my mother was a nurse, and my uh, stepfather was a golf professional. He's in the he's actually in the PGA Hall of Fame in Philadelphia. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, what's his last name? Is it Woodburn? No, his, his name is Ron Rolf. R-O-L-F as in Frank E. Rolf. Wow. Well, that, well, that's something. Well, you know, he he knew success. And, you know, sometimes to be yeah. around somebody that has success in any field kind of uh, rubs off well, on you. He, you know, he, if I could model sort of my social life after him, he, he kept, um, he worked at a country club that was over 100 years old. And this, he was the pro there at the country club, and he was there for over 40 years, and he would have kept going, you know. But he was there for over 40 years, longer than any other tenured pro, I think, in the whole surrounding area of Philadelphia. Uh, no, nobody has had the career span that he had as a golf professional. And then when he, quote-unquote, retired, he was this sort of uh, go-to guru teacher that, you know, people would fly him into other states to, to coach them. So he, uh, you know, he kept that to the very end. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Danny Woodburn, once again, is the voice that you're hearing. Uh, just a, a wonderful career, still going strong. And uh, again, Frank McKay here with the actor, and I, I keep going back to what Seinfeld 
it it just yeah, hold, well, it holds up. I mean, there's there's nothing, yeah. no shame in Seinfeld. It's I, I, again, uh, every list you ever see of the greatest shows of all time, I, Seinfeld is one or two. Maybe The Sopranos sneaks past it, or Breaking Bad, or but Seinfeld is up there with with everything. All in the Family is there, and you know, just think about that. I mean, just uh, think about the the uh, the place in pop culture history, the place in history that you have. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's exciting. It's it's meant like the world to my career as a whole. And um, you know, you said earlier that it's a character I created. I mean, it was sort of born out of a lot of elements. Obviously, I didn't write it, but um, there were so so many elements that came into play. And and that synchronicity that I had with Michael Richards was really born out too of his desire to rehearse nonstop. So when you're on a show like that, you know, it's a five day shoot, right, per per episode. So you're you're on uh, rehearsing first couple of days. You're making changes. You're doing the blocking, and then you know day five you have it in the live studio audience. They come in, they watch you, you know, blow through it, we'll blow through it once, and then um, basically do the whole show again just to get you know extra coverage or anything that we might have missed without the audience. So, uh, but he was a guy that when you were re- you'd rehearse with him with the director, and then you know traditionally. Uh, the next group of actors comes in, they rehearse their scene. But Michael would grab me and take me aside and say, hey, Danny, uh, let's go over here. Let's work on this scene a little bit more. So we would do a lot of extra rehearsing together, and it really helped build our physical relationship. Um, so when you see, like, when you see us go to go into battle there on a couple of those episodes, <laughs> it's, uh, it's well-choreographed madness and largely choreographed by him. Um, and like the first, one of the first episodes where, where we grab each other by the shirt collars and we're, you know, shaking each other all around, it looks like I've got the upper hand in a sense, but, but Michael's really just sort of hanging on to me and swinging his body this way. <laughs> he, he was just a remarkable physical actor. Yeah, he uh, And I just basically am holding on to his shirt for dear life so I don't go down, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I learned a lot working with him. It's my first. It's actually my first sitcom. I had done stand-in work prior to that, like they talk about in the first episode, yeah. which is kind of why I originally wrote that episode. I was on a I was on a kid show, standing in on a show called Step by Step back in 1990. Oh, that's uh, Suzanne Summers, right? Yeah, and uh, I just had and, her on the show. That's funny. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So I on that first season, I was I was a stand-in on that show for the youngest boy. And I learned a lot, you know, as an observer to see how these things are done. Uh, so I was comfortable on a soundstage in that sense. But as a performer, you know, I had done some hour-long episodes. I think before Seinfeld, I did a, a episode of Murder, She Wrote and a, another episode of Hunter and, and an episode of Pros and Cons. These were all like one-hour dramas, so no, no experience being on the set as a performer um, in a sitcom until that first Seinfeld episode. Uh, let me, so, uh, uh, yeah, not to cut you off, but was Larry David uh, still part of uh, the show at that point? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my first episode we shot in December of 93. It aired February 94, I think. Okay, yeah. Um, and Larry was there through, through the, up to the second to last season, and then Peter Melman. Uh, took over as showrunner, um, and then then Larry came back for the finale episode. 
But um, yeah, well, so my final audition, I had, I think, read for people three times. But my final audition was in front of um, uh, Mark Hirschfeld, the casting director, uh, Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld. Those were the only three people in the room. And I still had a lot of competition out in the outer lobby. Uh, so it was, uh, it was literally down to the wire, but then they told me to wait in the inner lobby. So I thought, that's a good sign. They're not sending me all the way back out. They're making me stop halfway. <laughs> how, many so call, they, how many callbacks did you have on that? Three. Three times I went in for it. Wow. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, they, well, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, they came out. Uh, Larry came out, and um, he asked me if I would shave. And I was like, <laughs> at the time, I was looking at my beard as a good luck charm. So I said, uh, I didn't want to shave it. I really didn't want to. I said, well... I'm supposed to be Michael's friend, and I look so much younger if I shave. <laughs> so I could basically let me keep it, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, he came out and he said, "He said, can you start work right now?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> absolutely." <laughs> wow. So I said, "I just want to make a phone call to tell my, tell my, uh, well, I said girlfriend at the time, uh, tell my girlfriend that I, I'm I'm not going to come back." to the apartment today because I'm going to start this job. Wow. You know? Wow. What a, wow. What a, what an excuse to say I'm going to be late. I'm yeah. Start, I'm so starting I, on Seinfeld. Right from the audition, I walked, uh, you know, 150 yards to the soundstage and went right to the table read. And um, my first time meeting everybody, we sat down, we did the read. And at the moment that Michael Richards and I are supposed to fight, you know, he gets up on the opposite end of the table and then I stand up on my opposite end of the table. We basically lunge for each other across the table. So when the, when all the studio heads and network folks and producers started laughing, I thought, okay, we got something here. Yeah, see, that's terrific. I, it's uh, it's interesting. You, you're working there, and you've been working before. You did Tracy before that, right? Tracy Ullman was before Seinfeld? Well, Tracy, Tracy came after, like... Uh, oh. It was like 96, I think. Oh, ah, yeah. okay. I was going to say, you know, that uh, you, you may have bumped into some of the people, at least cast, and crew, you know, cast or crew before that. But if you did Tracy after that, uh, it, there's a good chance you didn't know anybody on that set. No, I didn't know anybody on that set. Wow. What, what a, yeah, honestly, what, what a... They don't know anybody in town, you know? <laughs> yeah, what a terrific uh, behind-the-scenes look at, at a situation like that. Danny Woodburn, once again, is the voice you're hearing. Uh, a wonderful actor, and you know him as Mickey Abbott from Seinfeld, but so much more. Uh, Jane the Virgin, I saw you on on that not too long ago, right? And that's a that was a good show, and uh, that yeah. sh that showrunner, he's doing something. He's got a he's got a new show, I think, on NBC. Uh, what is it with um, um, Hispanic actor? It's the first Jaime, yeah, with yeah, Jaime, yeah, 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 Jaime, right, right. That's I just had him. Uh, it's not. It's CBS. It's not uh, NBC. And you know, interesting. Uh, he's he's the first uh, Latin Latin American uh, to star in a CBS show since uh, since uh, Desi Arnaz. I, I mean, to be the main star, I guess. Since Desi Arnaz, is that possible? That's, they told me that, or they told me that in the release. I was going to say, that's a, boy, that's a crazy stat, if that's true. I, I've never heard of anything like that, but that's... Well, I think maybe as a lead, maybe as yeah, a... That's as it, as a lead, as a lead. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I mean, uh, I don't know if even half the other network can say that, but um, it's interesting, you know, CBS has 
really been a, a lot at the forefront of the diversity movement, you know, diversity and inclusion. They, they have uh, basically a, a person over there who who started uh, several years ago sort of this idea that, you know, we need to diversify and have a department that explores diversity within the context of our programming. So that's a lot of the other networks you see have picked up on, on her movement. Is it getting better? Yeah, I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I work a lot in the uh, inclusion for performance with disabilities. Yeah, I know arena. that. Yeah, you do yeah. great work with that. Yeah, I mean, but is it getting better from your standpoint? Do you, uh, do you look at it uh, as, uh, as there's light at the end of the tunnel? I do. I mean, you know, we're, we're always making strides. We're always making inroads and, and making sure that we're part of the conversation. It's been the biggest battle. Um, you know, if we, if we watch the last 10 years of a, of a curve of, of employment increases, uh, you know, percentages of people on television that are from diverse backgrounds, if we watch the curve increasing for all the other uh, groups, you know, underrepresented groups, that, that curve is, hasn't really been increasing for performance of disabilities, except maybe in the last year and a half, two years. And so that it's been a longer, it's been a longer battle for, for such performers, but, but one, I think that we are for the most part winning. You know, there's always going to be, there's always going to be setbacks, but, you know, with the, with the internet the way it is, we're not afraid to speak out and address you know, where we've been left out of the equation. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. Let me remind people once again, if, uh, if you're just joining us, Danny Woodburn, once again, is our very special guest, a wonderful actor. And he's done, so I mentioned Jane the Virgin and... Uh, and uh, Tracy Allman, of course, Seinfeld, and so many other, uh, so many other great shows and one-offs so along the way in films. Uh, tremendous resume. It's just, uh, it's, it's a mile long. Danny Woodburn, once again, is our very special guest. And if you walked away, let me remind you that you're listening to Breaking It Down and Frank McKay here once again with Danny Woodburn, our very special guest. And you know him as Mickey Abbott, from Seinfeld and, and so many other things. And uh, so welcome back and to you, uh, Danny, as well. I, let me ask you about Peter Dinklage and uh, and the great work he did on Game of Thrones. Um, is that a game changer for, for little people? I mean, is this is this something where people looked and... Because when, you, when I saw uh, Game of Thrones, especially midway through, uh, it, you know, you stopped looking at at uh, Peter as a little person and you just you looked forward to the character and you you look forward to his his abilities and I I mean he's just he's he's an unbelievable actor and I don't care little person big part whatever Uh, was that a game changer Uh, you know I honestly I think it's been game changers all along the way Um, uh, 
you know, going back as, as uh, you know, even pre, pre uh, uh, Billy Barty, you know, going back with uh, uh, Rosito, um, Rosito, what's his first name? George's father, Rosito, I can't remember his first name now. Uh, what films? Uh, what films? Uh, well, he was a young, very young man in uh, in the film Freaks. Um, oh, right, right. Right. So, I mean, obviously, that was a, a certain way to look at at this community of people with disability. But um, it, it it was a game changer in that we saw real relationships between those characters in that film. Uh, Todd Browning. Um, and the original film actually is had to be edited because it was so disturbing to people the way it ended that uh, they didn't allow it to go out in the theaters quite that way. Um, but it talked. It basically it addressed that there's there's humanity there, there's real relationships, there's love, there's pain. You know, there's there's deep emotion between in this community of these performers, these essentially you know freak show performers, circus performers, what have you. Um, so we, we look at that as like sort of the first foray into understanding disability as a whole. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when people, people know me for a long time, they have a tendency, and I think that they do this, and I guess it's a natural inclination. You know, when people start to sort of look around the, the disability, as you said, you don't necessarily see him as a little person anymore. Um, there's, there's plus and minuses to that, right? So it, it, it's part of the identity, and it's okay that it's part of the identity. You know, being a little person, it's okay. You can see me as a little person, that's fine. It's just that if, if, if what I think you're trying to say is you're letting any of the tropes or negative uh, stereotypes that you've traditionally held on to about little people, you those start to fall away, right? So we don't, you know, so we say, I don't really see you as a little person. It's almost like saying to somebody, I, I don't necessarily see you as a black person. Right. Um, you know, certainly they are black, but I think what you're doing as the viewer is you're all of a sudden allowing the humanity to come in, uh, whereas before you were putting on these these other tropes, these other stereotypes onto that person. So, um, I mean, yes, that's, that's the result of somebody doing their job, uh, doing their job well. And uh, as far as a game changer, absolutely. Um, you know, an another point. I want to acknowledge all the people that have come along. Uh, you know, I think too, it, 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 it's it's great to be a game changer when you have the popularity. You know, I can say the same thing about the Mickey character. Uh, he had such popularity. No, and no I, doubt I got, about it. I got to do so many other things because of that role. Um, and so for me, that was a game changer. I. I was able to say no to things that I would never, ever want to do, but maybe without without the popularity of, of that show, I, I don't know how my career would have ended up, you know? Do you remember your, and, fir uh, your first big offer when Seinfeld came out, once you were recognized as, as Mickey? I felt, on like any offer, I felt like any offer that came that I didn't have to audition for was a big offer, no matter what it was. Yeah. Uh, so many shows got offered to me, you know, I mean, the Tracy Ullman was, uh, I, I don't remember auditioning for it, to tell you the truth. Maybe I did, but it felt like it was just born out of, you know, wanting, 
wanting this familiar actor to be on this show, you know, as part of a troupe, you know. And I ended up doing seven of those with her. Uh, and, you know, um, there were features. I did audition for features, but there were a few that I think were kind of, you know, they were they were sort of locks. I mean, I maybe had to go in and do some of the, you know, do the do the dance, as it were, or get in front of the producers and audition. And basically, a lot of times, when they know they want you, they might make you do that as a formality, you know, just to make sure, you know, to meet the person and make sure they're not a complete, you know, maniac. A-hole. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you don't want to lock in with somebody for for several months on a picture and go. Oh, this was a mistake, <laughs> you know. And, so get them in the room, make make them show you that they're committed to the work. But you know, maybe they had you in mind for it all along. I mean, I've had I've had directors tell me, you know, you were my first choice, <laughs> you know. So, Danny Woodburn, everyone is our very special guest, and uh, we've got him for a couple moments longer. And uh, you know, again, we're talking. We haven't mentioned coronavirus. And we, we haven't mentioned uh, COVID-19 at all, but Danny Woodburn, a wonderful actor. And again, Mickey Abbott from Seinfeld and, and work from Tracy Ullman and, uh, and so much, so many other roles that uh, he's been associated with. Frank McKay here with Danny Woodburn. Uh, let me ask you, before we get into uh, uh, COVID-19 and, and how it affects the industry, because obviously you, you, you can't hug, you can't kiss, you can't fight, you can't have handshakes. You and Michael couldn't have had that, you know, that uh, shaking each other's uh, uh, collars, right? You couldn't do that with, with COVID-19. But uh, getting into that in a little bit, the a, a big, you know, I, I use the term game changer uh, for the industry. I, I think uh, the over-the-top uh, platforms, things like Hulu and and Netflix and Amazon and so forth. Uh, how much uh, extra work is there? Maybe it's not the the same paying uh, type of gigs or whatever. But uh, is you know, from a layperson, I'm not I'm I'm not in that end of the industry at all. But I would think that there's there's a lot more work available to actors. Yeah. I would say, like you know, I mean, there's always been a, the competition's always been here. <laughs> And it's always going to increase. But I would say, like, maybe six years ago, there were about 150 shows on television. Maybe eight years ago, 150 shows that you could see. Now there's, like, three to four times of that. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I don't know that they're producing more films. I think they're just changing the way films are being seen. But there's definitely more. And, uh, you know, this this uh, this period in our lives, you know, where everything shuts down, you know, everybody's out of work. I mean, nobody... Nobody in our industry can really do anything. I mean, I, I've had a couple of voiceover auditions, some interesting ideas that people are trying to put together, you know, so I'm basically in my house building a uh, building an area where I can record without any noise. So I just uh, auditioned for a, a role uh, yesterday over the Internet, and my manager um still submitting me for things in the future. Uh, but, you know, we all, we all sit... As we have, we're in we're in week four now for us. Uh, we started early on this um, being indoors. We got back from Palm Springs first week of March, and then uh, I think we get back from like March March 11th or something like that. So yeah, so we've been in pretty much since then, um, and 
you know, I put out a PSA with some folks, uh, some other performers with disability, because it's so important to to consider not just your own susceptibility, but the susceptibility of others around you, uh, especially those with, you know, with disability, with, with conditions that make them more vulnerable, and the elderly. Uh, people still aren't listening to that, and it's unfortunate. Crazy. Um, it's insane. Because, uh, you know, you have... Uh, people that believe they're immune because they're of their religion and people that believe they're immune because of their vitality. Um, but it's not, you know, people don't understand that it's not just about you, you know? Uh, so a good thing to do while you're sitting at home is stream all nine seasons of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, listen, everything we could say guilt free at this point, binge watch TV, binge watch right. movies. You, you're, you're helping, you're saving lives by doing it. And, and, and I'm, uh, you know, listen, I'm not, you know, I might be a little tongue in cheek, but it's absolutely true. You know, well, you know what, also, what you're also doing, if you're doing it legally, you're streaming legally, you're watching legally, you're also supporting the industry. You're supporting yeah. the industry. Love. You're supporting, you know, the, the journeyman actor um, uh, by watching shows, you know. Uh, every, every little bit helps as far as residual checks, you know. Uh, yeah, right. You're well, paying for these services. Know that you're giving back to the working man, to the union to the union worker, you know, by, su by supporting them during this downtime. Uh, you know, people look at, like, actors and go, oh, you must make a million dollars every <laughs> every two years, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the reality is most performers who maybe get a job a year, this or that, you know, of, of the, you know, of the percentage of union workers that make more than 5000 dollars a year that's only five percent only five percent of bag after union workers make more than five thousand a year so if uh if you can put a few cents in their pocket by painlessly watching an episode or two of something they were in it all adds up in many ways long island is the story of america it's breaking it down with frank mckay long island is definitely the place for you now here's your host frank mckay on 1071 wlirfm hampton bays danny woodburn once again is our very special guest and uh, it's just uh, again a wonderful career that he's put together still going strong and and i keep going back to seinfeld because why not it's uh, again. It's 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 in the top five. I don't care who, what category you, uh, you're, you're doing. I, I can't imagine anybody not having it in their top five uh, of all <laughs> time. Yeah, most I say uh, on some list or other, you know, it's going to be in your top five. It's yeah, um, no doubt, no doubt. It's certainly, you know, something I look back with great fondness. You know, every experience. I'm, I'm still in touch with a few people every now and then. I talk to Michael or, or Jason. Uh, which is nice. Um, Wayne, Wayne and I uh, have had a number of conversations over the years. Uh, Wayne Knight, probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's um, a talented guy. I mean, he's just really a, a, a very funny guy, a talented guy. Talented, intelligent, and just naturally a funny person. Uh, let, let me ask you about, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, this hit me the other day, and I... I spend all day talking to actors and rock stars and so forth. And one possible 
uh, you know, depending on how long we're we're all holed up, and it, it could be could be a while. The one opportunity, maybe that uh, that could end up being a a bright spot for for actors in this dark time. Maybe uh, films and TV shows that have been shopped and, and didn't get distribution now um, have an opportunity because people are going to be hungry for for new material and and yeah. to release new material. Do you do you fall into the category of of being involved in anything you know other than pilots? Because yeah. those are yeah. I I do a lot of you know favors for a lot of you know up and coming directors. They know. Um, uh, I, I just worked with this year. Uh, these guys, they did a they did a series of things, funny things on Funny or Die, and then they made a sort of a cult classic comedy horror called Fear Inc. Uh, and then they just put out a movie called Faith Based, um, which was just uh, a couple months ago. It was the you know the big darling of the Santa Barbara Film Festival, um, and uh, I have a nice fun role in that. Uh, and and it's another one of these things where like I get to cross over with with others from my and there's like been weird crossovers over the years like Jason Alexander got cast uh, maybe two or three weeks after I had finished my role to to do a role on that film so Jason and I are in that film um, uh, another funny crossover Wayne Knight and I did an episode of Becker just by chance years ago and then um, uh, Bold and the Beautiful. So I did a, a run on the bold and beautiful, I don't know, six or seven episodes. And the guy that I worked with, uh, the lead, um, he is married to the woman who uh, tells the tractor story in that Seinfeld episode. It's like these who, weird. Who's that? Windsor, is it Windsor Harmon? Is that who that is? It was he in the bold and the beautiful Windsor Harmon? No, no, it's the guy. The guy I work with is married to oh, the girl. Oh, I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that funny? Talk about a small yeah, world. Uh, yeah. The Yada Yada episode where she talks about the tractor story. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah, that. yeah, I know. Yeah, sure. I know. I know that for sure. Wow. That yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, that's that's the connections involved in everything. Yeah. Look, if if you ever did the just for fun, the six uh, six degrees of Danny Woodburn. Uh, you'd be touching a lot of different okay. people, right? How many people you worked with that worked with this one? And what they they do it with Kevin Bacon, but you could you could do a pretty good one yourself. I have, I have one with Kevin Bacon. It's nothing to do with the industry. Uh, our um, our respective moms worked as volunteers in the uh, in the prison system in Philadelphia, which is wow. kind of strange. My mom, his mom. So we don't we we grew up in the same area, obviously, but but uh, yeah, that's my separation from him. And then. I wanted to say something. I saw him at a restaurant about four months ago in New York, and I wanted to say, hey, my mom and your mom, but I, I just left him alone. <laughs> yeah. Did he recognize you? Uh, I don't know. I, I glanced at him, he glanced at me, but we, neither one of us gave that, you know, you know, that knowing nod that you gave. <laughs> I, well, I, I guess in L.A. it's a little different. If you were in, uh, you know, in a different area that didn't have a lot of entertainment, uh, you, you would uh, you'd probably have a hard time going to to shop for yourself. You'd have a hard time going to the the supermarket in L.A. Everyone's famous and everybody's re recognizable. Right, right. But uh, it, when when was the first time? It had to be after Seinfeld, right? But when was the first time where you felt it was difficult to go just go into a store without? And and again, not that you don't appreciate the fans and, yeah. and recognition. When was the first time? You you remember well, feeling you know, that? Well, there's, there's, there's never 
like fame is something you manage, right? So you, obviously it's part of the job. It comes with the territory and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with meeting fans and, and you know, not so much shaking hands anymore, but right. <laughs> you know, saying hello, doing photographs, all that's fine. It just depends on really the, the moment um, that it might happen. You know what I mean? Like, so I think the worst time for me is if I'm getting off an airplane and I'm on the jetway and somebody wants to take my take a picture with me at the end of the jetway. It's like mm, maybe maybe another time I want to just get out of the airport, you know? Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm very receptive to, to most everybody that comes up. Uh, as I'm sure people will, would attest if they had the opportunity. Um, but I, you know, I, I do draw the line if I'm at dinner with friends and family, you know, I'm, I, mean, I don't really want to stop and have my picture taken in the middle of a meal, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know. Well, what I meant is is that prior to Seinfeld, uh, you know, I imagine it was it, it was a lot less of a uh, of an issue. Once Seinfeld hit, you know, I mean, keep in mind, even yeah. even. Well, my first. Go ahead. Experience, literally, like the day after, um, um, my wife and I was we weren't married then, but we were. Um, we were apartment hunting. We were looking to move to our location, and uh, this we were par- I was parked in a red zone outside of um, this apartment while my wife went in to check it out. You know, cop pulls up and he gets out of the car and he's going to start writing me a ticket, and then he just sort of lost his mind because he was so excited he'd seen the show the night before, <laughs> and he he let me out of this ticket, which is like probably going to be like three hundred dollars. So. I think it was a, my first experience with the, you know, with with any kind of benefit of some thing. Yeah, that's, um, you know, that's terrific. I mean, well, that, listen, it's it's one of those things that you you earned by uh, by working all these other gigs that paid nothing and got you know got nothing but headaches and all the auditions you went on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that we deserve it, but we're all going to take the perk if we can get it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, listen, we we got about two minutes left. Uh, do you have a, a social media site, a website, uh, something you want to point us to? And also uh, your wonderful activism uh, that you've been doing, uh, if you have a, a website or somewhere you can point us. Yeah, um, you can uh, you can go to my Instagram, which is uh, Danny Woodburn. My Twitter is also Danny Woodburn. Um, I have a YouTube uh, channel. Uh, my wife and I just finished... Uh, we just put out last month our our film Never Rest. That's that's spelled N apostrophe Everest, like Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a it's a comedy about six idiots that decide to scale Mount Everest. Um, and uh, so that's our, our recent release. And uh, if you uh, are in the app world, the most recent thing I did just came out last week, so you might have missed it. But that doesn't mean you can't stream it. Um, I did an episode of Legacy where I'm in full makeup as a pig. <laughs> I, I can be found on the CW app or, uh, you know, on demand. Uh, this is, hey, terrific. I, I'm thrilled finally catching up uh, with you. I've been trying to trying to get you for a while and, and thrilled that we finally yeah, I, connected. I, I appreciate your patience, Frank. I I, uh, I thought, okay, I have no excuses now. I'm not as busy as I've been. i got to talk to Frank. Listen, thank you very much. And you and your, you and your fam- family and friends, stay healthy and just keep up the great work on everything that you're doing. Congratulations on a wonderful ongoing career. And thank you very much for being here. 
My pleasure, Frank, and uh, let's have everybody stay indoors and stay safe. Everyone stay safe. And, uh, again, a reminder, we've been speaking to Danny Woodburn. You you know his wonderful work over the years from so many things, but Mickey Abbott will always stand out. Uh, pop culture history, uh, it, that was uh, just a, a show that has launched so many folks. And uh, Danny did such a wonderful job in that role. And uh, binge watch it now. It, it, never before has there been a guiltless time to watch TV, watch movies, and do it. And look for Danny Woodburn and so many other things. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. Danny Woodburn has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.